Hello guys and girls, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast Season 2, Episode 11. I'm your host, Luke Hatfield. As always, joined by the West Brom know-it-all here at the Express and Star, Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you? I'm fine, except I think a know-it-all, isn't that an insult? I'm pretty sure that's an insult. Well, you know a lot about Albion. Yeah, I do. I didn't mean it in an assaulting way, Matt. Okay, fine. I meant it in the most complimentary fashion of all. How was your weekend barring Albion first? Barring the game, yeah, uh, very good, thank you. Went to a first birthday party on Sunday. Oh yeah, and ate a lot of cake. Nice. So all was well. Not so good at my house. What was wrong? Oh, I should have asked. Sorry, that was rude. How was your weekend? <laughs> not so. Not so. Well, it was a good weekend, but I'm currently getting the internet changed in my house. Very stressful. Okay. I didn't realise just how stressful it was. Normally is there more just... to the story, or was that it? Yeah, well, there is because I had to go around and. Um, to a friend's house, uh, A, to do a little bit of work, but also because we were invited around to do this board games evening. Have you ever played the game Articulate before? Probably. It's where you have to kind of describe stuff to people. You get these cards, you've got half a minute to describe stuff to people. Like interesting stories about your internet going down. Yeah, really interesting <laughs> stories like this. Like my tweets about the weather before a game as well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, got into the doghouse a little bit. Why? Uh, me and my missus were working together as a team. I'm not the best team player when it comes to these kind of games. Obviously, I want to win. Yeah. Um, may have gone slightly too far. She wasn't happy with me. Uh, trying to describe stuff to her and she wasn't getting the answers. Uh, if I was to describe to you... So, the premise of the game is you get a card, you have to describe a word on the card without saying it sounds like this and that. Okay, yeah, yeah. My word was ox. So, I went down the route of, oh, it's a famous saying, strong as Anne, what would you say? You would say ox. Ox, probably, yeah. Do you know what she said? Mammoth. Strong as a mammoth. Yeah. I quite like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, but it's not the famous saying. And no. for, for half a minute, I was just there like, I don't know how else to describe this. And then... And that sparked a, a long argument, did it? Uh, not so long. She knows that I don't really in, in, involve in arguments. So uh, she gave me the silent treatment for the best part of the weekend. I had to apologise on the Sunday. whole weekend? <laughs> no, she's friends with me now, though. Okay, good. Um, so until the internet comes back, of course, then she'll be at her happiest again. Yeah, but, um, you've got to talk to each other now. When the internet's down, which is a shame, isn't it? We might just Skype, given we've got the internet. Okay. Yeah, just just make use of it. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Albion. S- silly stories aside, uh, good old result. I mean, it's not the re- it's not the the result which we well, it's the result we expected, but it's not the performance we expected. I was expecting a very comfortable game against Reading, and it was anything but, wasn't it? Especially in the first half. Yeah, the four. Well, it was comfortable by the end. Um, and the second half was pretty comfortable. I thought Reading capitulated, really. But um, I thought it was quite interesting what um, Paul Clement said afterwards, that the first half was the best his side's played all season. Mm. And I suppose you do have to take these things into account You know, when you're analysing how West Brom, West Brom are getting on. is how the position are playing, you know. Um, I thought Sheffield Wednesday were really good last week. Um, and I thought Reading played really well in the first half. And that, you know, Clement sort of backed that up with what he said. Yeah. Um, but then after the break, I think Darren Moore summed it up perfectly when he said, you know, we scored the first goal and Reading's heads just collectively dropped. And they did, really. They stopped tracking their runners. They were less organised. The spaces started to open up. And, and I think what we've seen this season is if, if you leave space, you know, in between your midfield and your defence, Albion are good at, good at exploiting that. You yeah. know? Harvey Barnes is good at exploiting that. Rodriguez and Gale are good at making those runs. Um so yeah, I think it was a, a another encouraging professional performance in the second half. A real sluggish, lacklustre performance in the first half, which I think is probably down to um, 
the congested fixture mm. schedule and the fact that Darren Moore doesn't want to change his team. It doesn't seem like he wants to change his team too much. He's you know he's only making this um, this one change, rotating Gareth Barry and Chris Bryant in midfield. I think he knows his starting eleven. I don't think he wants to deviate too much away from it. Yeah. I don't think he wants to deviate too much away from the um, from the formation or the system either. Um, so you know you could argue that in, in in the last sort of week or two, it's been a bit unfair on Tyrone Mears asking him to do a job that he's probably not equipped to do at yeah. right wing back. Uh, as a 35-year-old orthodox right back, but he, you know, Darren doesn't want to deviate away from from a system that is working well. So I can understand that, um, but I think that first half we saw what was perhaps the game catching up with them. I know every every team has to play these these get these amount of games, but not many not many managers are are keeping faith in their starting eleven as much as Darren Moore. You know, you see there's a lot more chopping and changing, a lot more rotation going on, mm. whereas Moore seems to be pretty set. You know, the likes of Livermore and Barnes and Gibbs and Rodriguez and Gale and Dawson and Higazi and Bartley and Johnston, they're all playing every game. So you've got eight or nine players there playing every single game. So um, I thought Livermore looked a bit leggy. I thought Gibbs looked a bit leggy in the first half, although he played a bit better after half-time. Um, so yeah, I think that was probably the reason behind that that first half. You know, a mixture of their them looking quite fatigued and Reading playing quite well. But the second half, they did what we've come to expect now. They've blitzed Reading with a supreme and superior attacking display. Mm. I thought Darren Moore deserves a lot of credit for the substitutions he made. He took off the two under, underperforming players in Tyrone Mears and Jake Livermore, the two weak links on the, on the day. Um, and, and both of the substitutions he brought on, Carl Edwards and Chris Brunt, both made an impact. And I'm sure we're going to come on to Edwards in it later on. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was an encouraging piece of in-game man management from Darren Moore. Signs that he's developing that side of his game as well. Um, and if you give if you give this side space in and around the box, they're going to punish you. And yeah. they've proven that over and over again. And the numbers now. That they get that they're posting are just ridiculous across the board. I mean, the goals that they're scoring are insane, and you know I've got I've got so many stats up my sleeves that I'm happy to go into. But um, you probably want to move on a little bit. Oh no, please do, Matt. Please do go into these stats. I saw I saw actually a, a Twitter exchange you held with one Albion supporter who'd put a couple of uh, very good-looking bets on. Now, uh, what was it? Albion score more than ninety goals this season, and more than ninety-five goals. They're in for uh, quite a payday if they carry on scoring the way they yeah, are. Yeah, so the, I don't know who it is, but the the, the guy who uh, responded to me, um, it might be a girl. Yeah. Said you know it was twenty eight to one for them to score more than ninety goals. I think this was near towards the start of the season, mm. um, and they and they put a fiver on that, and it was seventy five to one for them to score ninety ninety five goals or more, and um, they put a fiver on that. So the. The reason why those odds are so high is because people don't score that many goals. Yeah. Wolves got 82 goals last season and they romped the league. West Brom, when they went up under Tony Mowbray, free-scoring Tony Mowbray, mm-hmm. um, and they won the league that year, they scored 88 goals. Um, even when Reading themselves um, won, the, won the championship with a record haul of 106 points, which hasn't been beaten since, yeah. they only scored 99 goals. At the moment, Albion are on course to score 120. So that's a le- that's that is that is the the level of what of where they're at, at the moment. You know, I think they've they've scored four or more goals in a third of their league games, four <laughs> out of twelve. Um, they've got 31 league goals this season. That's the same amount that they scored um, 
throughout the whole of last season. Yeah. And we're only in the, what are we, the start of October? Yeah. Um, you know, I've got, shall I go on? You know, yeah, yeah, it, please continue, if, Matt. It, it, in terms of value for money down the Hawthorns, it's costing people with season tickets behind the goal, currently, currently costing them something like £3.50 per goal. And I think it's currently £4.20 per West Brom goal. Oh. So you know, it's the value for money is ridiculous. The goals they're scoring is insane. Dwight Gale and Harvey Barnes are just too good for this league. Um, but I do think we should also mention the support cast. You know, um, Rodriguez. Okay, he, he misplaced a few passes in the first half. I thought he he, he didn't he didn't start the game too well. But in the second half, he dropped deeper into a into a second number ten role. And you know, he he was the one who, who played that pass to to Barnes for his goal. Um, then you've got players like Livermore, who's been fantastic this season. Okay, he didn't play well on Saturday, but I thought and Chris Brunt came off the bench and made an impact, mm. started moving the ball forward with purpose. I still think his passing on his day is, is one of the best in the clubs. Um, and even the back three, the much maligned back three, I mm. think they're getting better. I really do. I think Dawson's looking like more assured on the ball like he's capable of driving forward he, he made some really good timely interceptions on Saturday and drove Albion forward before setting them off on the on attacks um, the guys had a bit of a quieter game but he's getting better at that sweeper role in the centre of, of the of defence and mopping up um, you know mistakes or or, or, or whenever a, a striker maybe beats Dawson or beats Bartley Bagazi does seem to be there more often than not now to mop around danger he's getting used to that role yep. and Bartley okay I'm still concerned about when he gets turned he still looks quite slow um, but he was much better on the ball in possession uh, on Saturday and he also popped up with one and it could have been two goals for him with some towering headers which will hopefully give him some confidence and as I've said countless times before I think he deserves a bit of slack because he's playing on the wrong side, you know, the left side of the, of the back three. He might look a bit better were we over on the other side. Um, so yeah, I think there there is there is plenty to be encouraged about. It's not just Gale and Barnes, although those two are obviously fantastic. But there is a support cast there who are getting better. I think as the weeks go by. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that Albion are on course to score this record number of goals. Um, do you think the fatigue will, will come to hurt them? Will they slow down later in the season, do you think? Because the way they've come out and blowing teams away, especially in second halves this season, has been special. But when it gets to the second half of the championship season, we saw it with Wolves as well last season. Teams almost figured them out a little bit in the second half, and it was a little bit tougher for them in the second half, I thought. They weren't blowing teams away as, as easily as they were in the first half. Yeah, I, I, I think that could be the case. I mean... I wrote in today's paper that that Dalmore might, you know, this system might get found, not found out, but it might become people might find a way of, of dealing with it. Now, obviously, when you've got special talents like Harvey Barnes in your pitch, there's you're always capable of, of pulling something out out of the hat. But yes, there might there might be become a way to play against them, and and Darren might have to hone it or tweak it or maybe even change it completely. Um, and as for fatigue, I am slightly concerned about the age of some of these players. You know, mm. Gareth Barry, 37. Um, Chris Brunt, 32, playing in central midfield. Um, you know, off the bench, you've got Houlihan, 36. Um, you know, th- th- there are a quite a few who, m- who might break down as the season wears on. Now, yeah. Moore's got to be alive to that. And I think he is so far. He's, he's rotated Barry and Brunt well. I think that was the right thing to do. Um, 
I think he, he, he may need to de- dip into his squad more and more as, as the season goes on. Um, I think what was encouraging about Saturday was the fact that he did throw Carl Edwards on with mm. half an hour to go. You could argue that maybe it was the game for him to start. Yeah. Um, considering that Mears, um, you know, he's not Matt Phillips. He doesn't have the same dynamism. And although he's actually, although Tyrone Mears actually started the game quite well, played a couple of nice passes to Rodriguez and then one to, to Livermore, I, f- I feel like he, you know, he doesn't get beyond his man enough. Um, he's not suited to the wing-back role. I mean, he might be a functional right-back, but... Um, He's not suited to that to that wing back role because he's not really a winger. Yeah. And too often he was looking for the for the safe ball inside to Livermore. Now ninety nine times out of hundred that that was working, but there was one particularly um, pointed moment in the second half where where I think it was Livermore or Barry turned out and they were looking for the guy to be sprinting up the right wing and Mears just didn't have the legs to do it. Yeah. And I think it was shortly after that he got he got um, substituted off. I, I, I'm quite disappointed that there were cheers that greeted that substitution. Now I know a lot of fans will say that they were cheering the the arrival of um, of Carl Edwards, yeah. and I'm sure there were quite a few cheers for for that uh, arrival. But on the day, it didn't really feel like that. It had a hint of sarcastic it had a, cheers. It didn't did, it? yeah. On the, and I, I think there were a few also cheering Mears going off. Um, listen, it was the right substitution to make. Mm. Darren Moore made it at the right time. Miz had just put the ball in for the for the goal. By the way, yeah. I mean, okay, the keeper should have claimed it. It wasn't the, the best ball in the world by any stretch. Yeah, but it's still an assist, and he still put it in an area. And I don't think I don't think put it this way. I don't think he's as bad as as, as some people are making out. Um, look, he's not Matt Phillips, and he's you know he looks like a thirty five year old functional right back who's been in MLS. Playing his third, it was his third game in. in well, a it week? was it was his third game in eight days, but it, and it was also his fourth game in twelve, I think, because he played in the Carabao Cup. I'm yeah. pretty sure. So, look, you're asking a lot there, um, and I think that's why I think it could have been a game for Kyle Edwards to start. Yeah. But look, he went with Mears, um, and maybe he thought that that giving Kyle Edwards what is also an unfamiliar position for him, a, a wing back position with a lot of discipline needed. Um, giving him 90 minutes in that role maybe would have been a bit too much too soon. Mm. But I think what we saw in that 30 minutes is that he has become a genuine contender now to be Matt Phillips' understudy in that position. And I'll be, be really interested to see, because I'm, I'm expecting Phillips to get be back available after the international break, but it'd be really interesting to see if you know if he does pull up with another injury later on in the season or if he does get fatigued later on, whether he goes back to Mears or whether he thinks, actually, Edwards can do it. Because... I was really impressed with Edwards. Mm. You know, it, it wasn't just his um, dynamism sort of going forward, which I think we've all seen. You know, he played a lovely one-two with uh, Barnes at one stage. Um, got down the wing quite well. He, he wasn't afraid to try and take his man on. But it was also that his dynamism going backwards. You know, that sixty-yard sprint in the last minute to to tackle um, Mo Barrow, who, by the way. Is quite fast. Yeah, no slouch. He is no slouch at all. Um, was fantastic, and he tackled him. He had the presence of mind not just to hack it clear because he was tired, but to keep possession and play play the kind of football that Darren Moore wants to play and play it out from the back. I thought that was brilliant from him. Um, you know, Carl Edwards made three tackles mm. in that game. Only Gareth Barry made more on the pitch out of any team, and he, Edwards was only on the pitch for three for thirty minutes. Yeah, so fantastic from him. Um, and I wonder, I wonder if he's now maybe. Um, Given, given more, not only food for thought for himself, but also for maybe some of the other youngsters that you can trust these youth team players. Um, you know, when 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 you need to, especially off the bench. I think you know. I think it, it's 
the exciting players, maybe maybe not Samfield, but the exciting players like Edwards and Lico and and Burke. I think in this in this division, because I've not really been that impressed by many teams that we've seen. Yeah. Um, in this division, I think they can make an impact. Those players, and be you know, I understand that he's got to. Um, He's got to do what he thinks is right to win the game, and he's also got to keep his squad happy. I get that, but I do wonder if um, you know Edwards's performance. You know, he grabbed his chance basically, mm. and I wonder if that uh, will hopefully stand him and maybe some of the other youngsters in good stead. You know, as the season wears on. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the Reddings' heads dropped when uh, Albion did score in the second half and we've we've seen this now a couple of times I think West Brom against Sheffield Wednesday Wednesday were seemingly coasting they get one goal they capitulate somewhat and you know it ends up being a draw QPR massive capitulation are West Brom beginning to strike fear into their opponents because mentally they seem to have a massive edge over a lot of the people they're playing especially at the Hawthorns now yeah I think you're right I think there is that um, they seem to be capable of when they want to when they're enjoying a spell of pressure they don't just score one goal, they score two or three. Yeah. Did it against Bristol City, if you remember. Did mm-hmm. it against uh, Reading the other night. Um, they did it against Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, they 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 don't seem content with just the one goal, which is a great, um, it's a great trait to have. Mm. But I also wonder if that is the fear factor in the opposition. Yeah. Um, if, you know, especially when, when you're concentrating so hard like Reading probably did in that first half to keep them out and keep organised. When one goes in, you think, uh-oh, mm. what, what's happening here? And all of a sudden, before you've known it, they've blown you away. And I think certainly at the Hawthorns, I think you're right. I think there is that fear factor for teams coming here now. Um, away from home, it's a slightly different kettle of fish. I think um, home teams will always back, back themselves in their own grounds. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think the away form is something that Albion need to address. Albeit, you know, they have got a couple of good away wins at Preston and Norwich. Yeah, But those were both sort of... To, you know, those are both wins that were sort of toe to toe. Could have gone either way. You know, it was four three and three two. Um, okay, the Preston one, Preston scored late on, but you know, again, Preston were good in the first half, and Albion, Albion were better in the second half. Look, that these are these are problems that you want to have. Yeah. You know, let's be honest. The fact that they are finishing too strongly and you know, blowing teams away, it's these are not bad problems to have. Um, and I suppose if they were, if they had, if they'd be able to tweak it and and and, and um, fix the problems or the, the minor issues that they do have, they would be winning every game five nil. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen people say, "Well, we can only turn it on for for thirty minutes or forty minutes." Well, there's a reason for that. It's because the opposition are playing well and yeah. and, and they're they're setting it up. They're setting it up to make it difficult for you. You know, and those gaps only open up as the game wears on. I think Darren Moore made that point after the game. You know, you know, as we, you know, it's almost like um, like you see Manchester City sometimes do it when they 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 plug away, they plug away, they plug away, and once they get that first goal, all of a sudden it, it you know, the um, it almost breaks the dam, as it were, and then mm. all of a sudden the floodgates are open. And I think that's what's happening with Albert. You know, they're plugging away, plugging away, and and once the first goal goes in and, and the opposition ties, then um, then then. Yeah, they just make their superior quality count and um, long may it continue. Albion, the Man City of the Championship? Well, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I mean, there are parallels there, aren't there? I mean, yeah. Man City aren't exactly solid at the back um, because of the way they play football. Um, it's the same sort of style, I suppose. Um, 
I mean, don't get me wrong, obviously they're nowhere near Manchester City's level, but yeah, there are parallels, aren't there? I mean, mm. they are scoring for fun and, and Manchester City are the only team in, in, in the top five leagues that can rival their goals to game ratio, which at the moment is 2.5. Yeah, right, hot and not, very quickly, Mr Dwight Gale, he's now scored more home goals than anyone in the top four tiers of English football. Yeah, I think it's eight in the last ten games. If he was on penalties, it would be even more. He is a fantastic goal scorer, particularly at this level. Um, and it's looking like Rafael Benitez's decision to, or desire for Solomon Rondon, is going to get West Brom promoted. I mean, it's maybe Newcastle relegated the way they're going. Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as that, really. Uh, you know. Newcastle came in for Rondon and, and Albion's response was well give us Gale in, in response and I think Gale deserves a lot of credit because there were some reports around that time that he didn't want to drop down to the championship and that's understandable yeah you know he wanted to to fight for his Premier League place and you can understand that because he's done he's been there done that in the championship he's proved himself at that level now he wants to prove himself at the Premier League and he probably has he probably believes he can do it, do it at that level even though others can't I personally think he probably could, but we'll wait and see. Hopefully, he gets a chance at West Brom next season to do that. Maybe, but um, but yeah, it seems that um, Benitez's decision to, you know, to to to, to come for coming for Rondon has um, has has really helped Albion out, mm. and Gale has has really taken to the club. It seems like you know the the fact that he held up Thomas Jones's shirt on Saturday after that goal, you know. It, He's, this is a loanee who's only been at the club for a couple of months yeah. and he's wants to do that for one of the fans I think that speaks volumes about Dwight Gale and about Darren Moore's um, approach to management about the dressing room as a whole um, and yeah I, I, you know Gale's obviously endeared himself to fans because you're going to you're going to if you're going to score that many goals um, and he seems to be enjoying himself and, and you know it's impossible to read too much into that and, and it's, it's impossible to look so far into the future. But if he if he has a great season with Albion and really enjoys it and feels welcomed and feels loved and feels like the management and the fans all worship him, as it were, mm. then you never know what might happen next summer. You never know, particularly if Newcastle continue to struggle. Look, we wait and see. We don't know what's going to happen. We, you know, it's, we're talking about hypotheticals, but at the moment... Gale feels like a West Brom player. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'd agree with you. Harvey Barnes feels like a Leicester player, but Gale feels like a West Brom player. Yeah, I'd agree with you completely. Not so hot. Someone we just touched on. Harvey Barnes' recall option. It's beginning, to, it's beginning to get a little bit worrying for me. Every performance he puts in now, I can just see Leicester maybe licking their lips when it comes to January if they've got even the slightest injury issue or if they're not in where they want to be. I've got a feeling they might recall him, you know. Yeah, they're almost. he's almost playing too well, isn't he? Yeah. But look, we'll, we'll wait and see. We've, we've been over this countless times. We've just got to wait and see. Yeah. One hot one. Carl Bartley scored. Could have had two. Byron Dwight Gale, who did, did get foot to it, to be fair to him. Good performance from him, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was better. Um... I'm still, I'm still concerned about when he goes, when he moves up with the ball, and if Albin got caught in possession, not not necessarily him, but mm. if he passes it to someone and then they lose the ball, he's a long way up the pitch sometimes, and he doesn't have the pace to get back. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's when you want Hagazi to be 
to be coming around. But quite often when they do that, they're left two on one because the opposition breaks and all of a sudden they're beyond Barley. He's got no chance of catching him up. The left wing back is Kieran Gibbs. He's probably further up the pitch. Yeah. So then you're looking at Hagazi to chase around and Dawson to chase around. I just wonder if that's an area of weakness that other teams will exploit um, or better teams might exploit. Um, you know, I, I'll put it in today's paper that as great as this all has been, and it, and it is fantastic, you know, seven games unbeaten, five wins at home in a row in the league. Um, they've only played three out of the top eight so far yeah. and they haven't won any of those games. So they need to prove it against some decent opposition. Um, and we wait and see for them to do that. Yeah, it's still good to see uh, defenders chipping in with goals because it's not something we've seen earlier on this season a whole lot. Um, and it's a little bit reminiscent of some of the football we saw from Albion in, in yesteryear, but obviously the style of play much, much better. I think... Darren's made no bones about the fact that he wants to add a threat from set pieces and yeah why not I mean the the issue what in previous years was that when that's your only threat you're sort of limited mm. um, but now there's you know it, there's quite clearly a secondary threat a you know just another string to their bow because they can score goals from open play for fun as we've seen so yeah why not add um, that because there might there will be some close games and it would be great if Dawson, Higazi and Bartley, who are all good headers of the ball, um, whether they can pop up with a few goals, uh, would be fantastic because they've got some some you know they've still got Brunson Phillips at the club who can deliver a mean ball. Mm-hmm. Barnes's corners haven't always been on the button, but he's you know you can't really criticise him too much. To be fair, can't do that. No, uh, not so hot. Uh, we haven't seen Mr. Bakary Sacco yet. No, we haven't, and I think this was why it took so long for the deal to get done because there is there are concerns over his fitness. Well, not mm. concerns, but they want him to get up to speed. You know, he's not ready f- to play in the championship yet. Um, I expect he'll be ready after the international break. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the bench for um, the game against Wigan. Okay, one man very hot, Carl Edwards. Let's talk about him a little bit. Very promising half hour, and we did discuss him a little bit before. Could he could he come in and start? Say Matt Phillips isn't ready after the international break. Could he come in and, and play a ninety minutes? Do you reckon? I think so. I think I think I've been really impressed with Edwards um, since pre season. Really, he um, he's almost leapfrogged the other youngsters who is behind. You know, Lico, um, Field. Okay, Field and Harper played completely different positions, but yeah. you know. And it just shows the benefit of that loan that he had um, at Exeter last uh, last season. You know, he scored at Wembley for them, so yeah. he's 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 obviously not afraid of the big stage. I think we saw that on 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 Saturday as well. Is he, you know, one hundred percent ready? Completely, you know, not going to make a mistake? No, I don't think. You know, I think that you know there probably is still something there but he's taken every chance he's been given this season you think about the Carabao Cup games he's been superb scored the winner in one of them um, you think about pre-season he was electric in pre-season probably the best player um, scored goal after goal um, and you think about his, his his time on Saturday so he's doing everything he can mm. um, and I'd love I'd love to see more of him um, he's a nice bloke as well I've interviewed him a couple of times seems quite grounded Um you know, I think he, I think he learnt a lot out on loan, mm. and um, I think he's it's, it's bearing fruit now. Um, 
is he ready for 90 minutes? Well, we don't know. He needs to be thrown. He needs to be given that chance. I can understand why he hasn't been given that chance yeah. yet because of the system. I think maybe if they played a more traditional 4-4-2 or 4-3-3, he might have seen more game time. Mm. But it's because of the way that they're playing at the moment with the wing-back system. That is a demanding role. Make no bones about it. Um, but like I said earlier, I think he's I think he's now emerged as a credible understudy to Phillips. And yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more of him. Who do you think fits that wing-back role better, Tyrone Mears or Edwards? Because Mears is one who you'd see as a more defensive and yeah. Edwards, I'm not so sure. Who would you who would you rather have? Like, I think it depends on the opposition. I think home game against Reading, you could understand why you why you pick Edwards. Um, I think an away game against a, a big boy, you could understand why you pick Mears. Mm. Um, that, in in a weird way, you almost want to put play Mears for 45 and Edwards for 45. Yeah, yeah. But that you can't really do that in a game because you know other things happen. Other players have lack, you know have injuries or poor form or there are other areas that need tweaking in the game when mm. you, as the game goes by so you can't actually do that and that would be a bit of a weird thing to do anyway but that that's almost the way you want to do it have mirrors for the first half where you just okay we'll be a bit conservative and then you explode in the second half of Edwards mm. um, it's a lot more difficult doing it from the start because legs are not weary Um you know the, the players you come up against are right up for it from the, from minute go. So, um, but I, I do think it was, has has earned it the right to have a chance. But you know, so did Sam Field in my mind, and arguably Raheem Harper. So, um, it's it's you know, they've got a big squad, and 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 um, you know, there are a lot of players to get above if you want to get a starting uh, a starting place in this team. Certainly are uh, last not so hot. Slow starts. Um, we've discussed this before, but again, it was the same. It was the same on the weekend. Albion, they they just don't start very quick out of the blocks, do they? It takes them a little while to almost feel a game out and then really take it by the neck, doesn't it? Yeah, and I don't think there's too much wrong with that. I mean, even if they were three 0 down in the first half, I actually wouldn't write them off. Mm. I would. I'd agree with you. I'd so, agree with you. I think they're capable of scoring, uh, scoring four in a second half, just like we saw on the so, weekend. So, oh, they're proving it uh, time and time again. So, yeah, I mean, it's is it a concern? Not when you're ending games so well. You'd rather end games brilliantly than start them brilliantly mm. and end them poorly. So, um, especially after last season when they were flipping, conceding goals every in the 90th minute every game. Um, and we saw a bit of a hangover of that at the start of this season, you know, against Bolton and, and yeah. Middlesbrough. So, no, it, I'm not overly concerned by that. Um, they're feeling out the opposition. I think they, they proved against Bristol City that they can do it in the first half if they need to, albeit Bristol City could have been 3-0 up after 15 minutes. A crazy game that was. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's too concerning when, when you know, I, like I said, you know, the game, it's better to end games well than start them well. Certainly is. All right, let's get into questions. Lots of questions this week. Jonas Starkey starts us off. Uh, any substance of record bid for Dak, Bradley Dak? Well, Dak was obviously one they were looking at in uh, the summer. It's a bit early to be talking about January. Um, if, what are we, three months away? It's not like they need goals at the moment either. Yeah, I, w- I would think that the priority is centre-back. They need a centre-back rather than a, an attacker midfielder. Now, if they're obviously, obviously they've been interested in Dak before. 
And I suppose the argument would be, well, if Barnes gets recalled, we could we could bring him in. Yeah. And he could be at number ten. Because without without him, you've got Morrison and Houlihan vying for that position. Are they going to offer you the same dynamism that, that Barnes or Dak would? Maybe not. Dak's taken to the championship really well. He's already got quite a few goals mm. for Blackburn. It's a similar sort of you know approach under Mowbray, like yeah. to pass the ball on the deck, just like Darren Moore. Um, so yeah, it would, it would fit if they needed him. Um, but I would argue that they their priorities lie elsewhere at the moment, and also. Yeah, a lot can happen in the next three months. They're yeah. a long way away from that. Yeah, Hamish also asked that question, so hopefully that's answered it for you. Uh, Paul Harris, Phillips and Sacco to be available after the international break, do you think? I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I can't predict the future, and they've got to get up to speed and get their fitness going, but I think they'll be available. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Will Matty also asked that question too. Um, Ali Allen 108 will Edwards be likely to take Mears' place at Wigan if Phillips is still unfit? Can Ooh, he be a backup? I think we covered that, haven't we? We have indeed. Charlie Swift just asks, how good is Harvey Barnes? Just how good is that guy? He's a future England player, isn't he? I mean, he he is he is class. Mm. He's, he, he showed glimpses of it at Barnsley last season, by all accounts. But in a, in a now the team's been almost built around him, and he's been given that that freedom and license to have an effect. He is he's brilliant, yeah. and it's I'm I'm really enjoying watching him this season and. I just look forward to seeing him every game, to be honest. Yeah. Ashley Knox says, uh, how much do you think Harvey Barnes is worth now? Now? Oh, that's a good question. I'd say probably 20 million now, maybe more. Do you reckon Leicester would take that? I, I, I don't think, if West Brom come up with 20 million, I think Leicester will laugh you out of the room. Think, I don't think Leicester would take it, no, but I think, I'm think i talking about how much, he's worth, how much his, his market value is. Well, maybe it's more than if they wouldn't take it. Well, put it this put it this way: if Jack Grealish is worth forty million, I'd say Barnes is on a par with that. It's a good point. It's a good point. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Both young talents, yeah. both homegrown. They've got chances to. See. I mean, the amount of, the amount of money people spend on potential these days is outrageous, isn't it? I mean, just look at Burke, fifteen million on Burke. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, I think Barnes looks the real deal. Maybe you're right. Maybe forty million then. Maybe I was conservative. Cough up the cash, Bloody eh? Hell. Mr. Forty Light. mil. <laughs> uh, Mitch Sprigg, he asks a good one. You can keep one of Barnes or Gale beyond this season. Who do you pick? Uh... Does it? Does it? No, I, I spoke to Tom, our, our digital football intern, about this, and he said, "Does it depend on which league you're in?" And I think he's onto something. Yeah, I think he might be. Well, I still think Gale can do it in the Premier League, but in the Premier League, you probably keep Barnes. Yeah. In the Championship, you probably keep Gale. But I think there's a lot to be said for a goal scorer. I know Barnes is getting goals as well, but there's a lot to be said for a goal scorer. And I just wonder if Barnes. I mean, maybe not, but I just wonder if, you know, on the Premier League, would he, would he be crowded out by some of those defensive midfielders? Would he really. Because sometimes away from home, when he hasn't got the space and the time, he, he does struggle to get into the game. Mm. Um. I don't know, they're both brilliant, aren't they? Can we just keep them both? Yeah, I mean, in, in a dream scenario, yes. Callum Haywood, James Morrison, is he third choice central attacking midfield behind Barnes and Houlihan now? Yeah, it would appear so. Um, he's obviously playing under-23s to keep himself fit. Um, I think Houlihan's probably taking that taking that off him at the moment. Um, it's probably quite... Um, it's probably not set in stone that, though. You know, mm. I thought they both played well in the Carabao Cup the other night against Palace, although, albeit it was a... I mean, actually, lost that game quite 
significantly. Yeah. But I thought those they, those two were the two best players, and Morrison was on a par with Hulan. So I don't I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's completely black and white. He's probably giving he's probably giving Morrison the under twenty threes matches because he will needs Morrison to get up to speed more because he's recently had an injury hmm. and Hulan's on the bench maybe because he thinks Moulin can make more of an impact or he offers something a bit more different off the bench than Morrison might you might need to start him um, but yeah at the moment you know based on the squads he's picking it would seem so yeah right competition uh, I'll, I'll open this now and I'll disappoint you all there will be no competition this weekend because there's no league football um, there's league of nations football there is but I think I think we maybe give it a break this week and come back stronger next week. Okay, if you're sure. Um, we came very close last weekend, by the way. Oh, did you we? know that's down? Wilfred Zaha. Oh yeah. That was my choice. Sorry about that. Yeah. Who scored for Wolves? Matt Doherty. You were never. Gonna yeah, get that. I was never going to get that. No. I mean, I probably should have picked a different game, but no. Tammy Abraham and Dwight Gale both scored. I was just and I, I thought, well, it's a certainty has, uh, that Zaha's going to score now, but no, it didn't happen. No. Um, good news is for uh, Gareth, who won the shirt. That the shirt. We'll be available to pick up this week, Gareth. So if you uh, get back to us and let us know when you're free, myself and Matt Wilson will be here to greet you with a shirt, uh, given that we're both working. We oh. should be here. Have you got a day off this week? Uh, Thursday. I'm in all week. Okay. So either way, any day but Thursday, Gareth, yeah? Right. I've got an interesting little segment here, Matt. I listened to a debate on Talk Sport the other day discussing the front line of Albion and the front line in the championship. Is Albion's the best front line in the championship? Now, I've got some team comparisons here. We're going to pick a front line of our own. Okay. All right, so we've got Stokes, who consists of James McLean, say it quietly, Benekofobi, uh, Mr. Thomas, Thomas Ince, Tom mm. Ince, uh, Saido Berahino and Peter Crouch. Those are their forward <laughs> players. Right, that's, that's, that's not as good. It's not, not the best, but a phobie, a phobie's decent. Yeah, a phobie's decent, but the rest of them are... Does he does do any of them players replace an Albion forward for you? James McLean scored five goals in 112 appearances for West Brom. Harvey Barnes got five goals in 13 appearances. So he doesn't replace Harvey Barnes. No. All right, Villas. This one's interesting. Tammy Abraham, Jonathan Codger, Yannick Balassi, Albert Adoma, Scott Hogan. Not to mention Jack Grealish and El Ghazi. Do any of those replace an Albion forward player? I personally, I know I'm a Villa fan here and I know this is not going to be easy for some West Brom fans here. I think Tammy Abraham gets in just ahead of Jay Rodriguez for me. I understand why you're saying that. Abraham's a good finisher. I don't think, if you're looking at partnerships, I think with Albin have already got a finisher in Gale and Rodriguez um, is more of a hard-working, all-round player. Now, I don't watch enough Villa to know... Mm-hmm. But <coughs> from what I saw of Swansea last season, I don't think Abraham is as much of that sort of player as Rodriguez is. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. he's a fantastic he looks like a fantastic finisher. He'll probably Abraham wouldn't be surprised if he scored more goals than Rodriguez this season. Yeah. But I think in, if you're looking at in terms of all round contribution, if you've already got Gale there, I'd probably keep Rodriguez. Um because I think what Rodriguez offers you is is more important. Any of the others would you take? Balassi? Ahead of Phillips, no. Anyone else? Derby have... Uh, Grealish, no. Ahead of Barnes, no. 
I mean, like, Grealish, is, Grealish is a great player. They're, they're slightly different in the way they play. They I different. think Grealish, Grealish is, plays a bit deeper. Grealish is a bit deeper. Grealish is a great player. Don't get me wrong. If, if Grealish was in the West Brom team, it, he would obviously improve it. He is a good player. Um, but I just, I, sorry, I can't. It's I a tough one, though. I can't put myself to, to say yes to any of those. Got a couple more teams. <laughs> Derby have Marriott, Mount, Joseph Zoon, Lawrence, Harry Wilson, not to mention Waghorn and Nugent. Do any of them get in Nugent, no. I'd no, I mean Mason Mount maybe if Mason I don't know, but who would you can't you can't drop Barnes. <laughs> Barnes is untouchable. He is untouchable. To be fair, the way he's playing at the moment. You know, Mason. To be fair, Mason Mount's just got called up to England squad. I've not seen him play a full ninety minutes. I've only seen him on highlights. So he looks very good. I'm looking forward to seeing him play in the flesh, and I'll make a decision on him then. But I've not seen him play a full ninety, so I can't pass judgment. But no. And the rest of them, Joseph Zoon, no. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. You, you stand firm, Matt, you stand firm. By this team has got 31 yeah. goals. <laughs> Everybody, that's nine more than anyone else in the in the league. I'm not arguing with you, Matt. I'm, just... I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, okay, that's all I'm on. doing. Carry on. What about Leeds? Kamar Roof, Patrick Bamford, Hernandez, Saiz. Hernandez is a good player. I like Hernandez. And so is Roof, actually. You could make a case, but the thing is about all this, you know, think about Roof and, and Abraham. Yes, they're good championship players. Rodriguez has done it in the Premier League. Yeah, you know, you, you know, Rodriguez. Although Gale's getting all the accolades, you know, people sh- people shouldn't shouldn't forget that Rodriguez was Albion's best striker last season by some distance. And mm-hmm. even when he was playing left wing back and right wing back, he was still their best striker. And all the other stuff going on off the pitch. And everything else going on off the pitch. Yeah. So you know, yes, I understand. Um, that Abraham and, and, and Roof is, is a good player and so is Hernandez I like Hernandez a lot but um, even Tyler Roberts is doing quite well but no I just think I just think that West Brom's front line is untouchable do I offer you two more teams worth of front go lines go on just, just try Brentford's more pay more pay is a, a, a very good finisher to rival Dwight Gale I'd agree with that he is predatory so you could have him and Gale, but I haven't seen enough of Brentford to know. But Gale, Gale's off the ball work and his running and his penalty winning and his you know his pressing is exemplary. I don't know if Morpay has got that, but he is very very good in front of goal. That'll be one hell of a game, by the way. West Brom Brentford. I'd love to see that game of football. Probably nil nil. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Last one. Okay, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get laughed out of the room here with Borough's front line. Hugo, Asombolonga, Braithwaite, Downing, or Rudy Gestead. I know, I know that like well, Hugo and Gestead ain't going to get in there. No, well, Braithwaite and um, Asombolonga are good players, but they they are different players. Now, Asombolonga would probably add something to West Brom's front line because he is uh, a powerful hold it up striker who you know would is capable of winning a, a big ball knocked forward, which West Brom don't really have that at the moment. The mm. closest they've got, I suppose, is Robson Carnot, but. He's not as good as a Samba Longa. Yeah. So you could argue that you could argue there's there's a case for him to, to bring a new dynamic to the team. But I'm afraid He wouldn't be starting. Well you could see him starting with Gale maybe, couldn't you? But I'm I'm afraid that this this front line is just fantastic. Untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, if any Albion fans disagree with me and want to slam me for suggesting Abraham could start in this West Brom side, then feel free to. Or, you know, if you want to let us know if you would have one of these players ahead of us, then please feel free to let us know on Twitter. Let's finish up. Um, international 
break now. No league action. Is there anyone to keep an eye on from an Albion front in terms of international football, Matt? Well, there's a lot of players um, away for the England youth teams. So you've got Harvey Barnes, obviously, was was called up to England under-21s for the first time. Um, Carl Edwards and Sam Field with England under-20s. Rakeem Harper is with under England under-19s, as is Nathan Ferguson, an under-23s defender. Um, so, yeah, those are the ones to look out for. Obviously, the crucial one that we don't want to get injured is Harvey Barnes mm. but um, yeah those are the ones to look out for some some promising youngsters playing in the England youth teams yeah Agassi for Egypt I assume he's playing for Egypt yeah I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't the only thing I do know is that you know this. I don't think I don't think Phillips has been called up to the Scotland squad ah, well either way wrap him in cotton wool uh, does this break come at a bad time I'm in such good form you almost want the games to keep coming as they were you know two or three every week no, I think it comes at a good time actually because I think we're just starting to see the the first signs of the cracks, if you know what I mean, um, in the squad. You've got Phillips is injured, Sacco needs to get up to speed, um, Tyrone Mears looked knackered on Saturday. I thought Jet Livermore looked leggy as well. I thought the, the whole squad did it in the first half. Um, you know, a lot of the so many games in such quick succession is taking its toll on some of these players, particularly the experienced ones and the elder ones. So no, I actually think this break has come at a good time for Albion and Darren Moore said as much himself after the game I think there was a feeling amongst um, the coaching staff that the first break came at a really bad time because they'd just beaten Stoke 2-1 mm-hmm. they felt like they were finally getting on a roll they felt like they were finally starting to control games finally getting somewhere and then the first game back was that Blues game and they were pants yeah. and um, I think that break uh, they felt that that sort of took them out of their stride a little bit but I think actually this break will be a welcome one because it gives them a chance to Reassess, lick their wounds a bit in the is what Darren Moore said. Um, get themselves back up to speed, and hopefully by the time Wigan rolls around, they've got Sacco and Phillips ready and raring to go. A full complement to choose from, um, and yeah, we can carry on. Yeah, right back into the thick of it then as well. Wigan, Derby, and Blackburn all in the space of seven days. It's gonna be that's gonna be tough. Oh, oh it's a fire got alarm. Got a fire alarm going off. Yeah, Wig- me. Wigan. Um, Wigan away, that's going to be really hard. They're brilliant at home, I think. Mm. Um, Derby, that's going to be tough um, because they're they're up there. I think they're in the top ten or something. Yeah. Um, and um, Blackburn as well are doing well. So, and obviously you've got Tony Mowbray coming back. But is that the Hawthorns? Was that Ewood Park? I don't know. But anyway, whichever way around it is, you got you know a reunion, a reunion with Tony Mowbray. So yeah. Three um, three difficult games in a week, um, I would say. Probably maybe a bit more difficult than Preston, Sheffield Wednesday, Reading. I'd agree. Uh, I think uh, you know, obviously Sheffield Wednesday are good, but I think over over the course of the eight days, that those are tough, tough games. Be interesting to see if he dips into his squad a little bit more for those games. Will be. But for now, let's just make sure these players come back fit and firing, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, that about does it, Matt. Anything to add? No, just if you like the podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to it, SoundCloud. Give us five stars and leave any feedback if you think we can do more or less of whatever. Just let us know or just let us know via Twitter. I think you've probably all follow me or Luke or, or the podcast on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we you know we're trying to improve it as much as we can, uh, make it better. We are trying to get more voices on, but unfortunately, there aren't many people that want to. Come on with us, are they, Luke? I don't know if it's I, me or you. I don't know. One of us clearly, you know, is is a, is a little bit too uh, too intense for people. I think probably uh, maybe just you know, 
a, a bunch of bitter Villa fans out there. Although you 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 quite happily talk about it, don't you? Yeah, I do. I've really grown to actually you know find Albion my second team now. Yeah, it's strange that when you're covering a team, they, you do want them to do well. The only time I the only time I'll sit there and probably not want Albion to do well is when they're going up against Villa, and even then I'll kind of want them to both teams to do well. Yeah, but I think you I think you want. I think we want all of our teams on the on the, on the patch to do well, don't we? I mean, I, yeah. I, I'd like to see Wolves do do well this season. I'd like to see Warsaw do well. I'd like to see Villa do well. Um, I'd like to see every one of them in the Premier League. Villa, Warsaw, Villa, in the Premier League. Yeah, I'd love to see Warsaw get up to the Premier League. Double double promotion. I'd have that. Dean Keats's red and white army. Is it red and white? Yeah. Red, red, white, red, red and black. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I should something. know that. Um, Anyway, no, I'd love to see it. I don't get the whole hatred between local teams, you know. Uh, well, it's part of it, isn't it? It's still part of the tradition and part of the fun of it. Um, as long as you don't let it boil over too far, I think it's it's all good natured. Um, it's all good natured, isn't it? I think that's part yeah. of it. It's part, it is part of the whole thing, isn't it? I mean, but yeah, you can't take it too seriously. Nothing wrong with friendly rivals. No, nothing wrong. With that. Yeah. So that, that does it. Um, all the best to uh, the Albion players. Uh, partaking in international football but from me from Matt a fond farewell 